My name is Annie Grossman and I'm a dog trainer. I'm the owner and co-founder of School for the Dogs, a dog training center located in Manhattan's East Village. On this podcast, I talk about dog training, interview industry experts, discuss pet trends, answer questions, and try to communicate my love for all things related to behavioral science. Thanks a lot for listening. I think this podcast will help make you the best possible human best friend any dog could ask for. Hi. So, I just wanted to share some dog training point of view type thoughts I've been having about the current state of uh, of our COVID slash quarantining slash social distancing world, which I, I think is um, overall, I, I think we're com- coming out of the most difficult part of this period, at least I hope so, and uh, it raises um, raises some uh, interesting uh, behavioral, uh, I don't know, problems, questions, I guess, that I've been thinking about in terms of dog training. Firstly, I've been thinking about masks and why people are still wearing masks. I actually was listening to a uh, an episode of All of It with Allison Stewart, uh, which I listen to pretty frequently on WNYC, uh, on this topic, and I almost called in, and then I hesitated because I always I always wonder if if people might roll their eyes if I say, "Hey, I'm a dog trainer, and this is what I think in dog training terms," um, but if you're tuning into my podcast, I guess you, you do want to hear <laughs> how a dog trainer thinks about this situation in terms of human behavior. Anyway, in the segment uh, with Allison, people were saying some things that I hadn't even thought of um, about why they continue wearing masks. Some were saying that it's helped with their allergies. It's helped them not get sick in general. Some have said that they enjoy the kind of anonymity it gives them on the street. Overall, I think most people are wearing masks if they are still wearing masks because uh, sort of like better safe than sorry, easier to wear a mask than to deal with being potentially fatally sick because you did not wear a mask and it's a relatively easy thing to do. It's not a behavior that requires a massive amount of effort to engage in, and it can uh, keep others um, from harassing you on the street. Although, of course, that can go both ways. Some people are annoyed when people uh, are around them wearing masks, and some people are annoyed when they're not wearing masks. Overall, however, I think it's a really good example of negative reinforcement at work. Negative reinforcement is negative, not because it's bad, but because it involves 
uh, the removal of something and uh, reinforcement is when a behavior is encouraged. Negative reinforcement with dogs is sometimes seen, uh, particularly gun dog trainers will train uh, a drop it, um, a retrieve or a drop it by pinching a dog's ear until the dog drops uh, the bird or whatever. Um, and uh, the behavior is reinforced because it makes the painful thing go away. Some people who train with uh, e-collars or shock collars will continuously uh, shock a dog through the collar until the dog sits or engages in whatever other behavior. The engaging in the behavior makes the painful thing go away. Another example of negative reinforcement at work. And of course, negative reinforcement drives lots of human behaviors. Uh, my favorite example is, you know, it's why you put your seatbelt on in the car to make the annoying beeping sound go away, but it's also why you pay your taxes because you want to avoid all the possible bad stuff that um, could be, uh, that could happen, that could be taken away from you, your, your money, your liberty, etc. should you choose to not engage in the behavior of paying your taxes. But what's interesting about negative reinforcement, or one of the interesting things, is that it tends to produce behaviors that are kind of like just good enough. Um, I have a, a young cousin and who, when he was in high school, had an app where he figured out what he needed to get on every test uh, at a minimum in order to get a passing grade <laughs> in every class. And I remember thinking, well, I guess that's negative reinforcement at work. He's doing just the bare minimum he needs to uh, keep away the, the pain of failure. And actually, I remember he explained to me that his older sister had been a straight-A student and then didn't get into any of the colleges she wanted to get into. So he felt like what was the point of striving really hard for some kind of reward for him school was more about just um, basically <laughs> doing what he needed to do to uh, keep keep bad things from happening. Anyway, when people are wearing masks, they are essentially engaging in the behavior of putting this thing on their face to keep bad things from happening. And, um, you know, like I, I was saying about uh, the show with Allison Stewart, I learned it's not just about keeping from getting sick which is sort of a, uh, a, a distal consequence, not something that um, is necessarily immediately tied to the behavior. You're not going to necessarily not wear a mask and then right away get sick and pin that one consequence to, um, to having not worn a mask. But... It, there are even uh, more immediate consequences of, um, for instance, uh, keeping people from looking with, at you or talking to you on the street if uh, that is something that you enjoy avoiding. It might be keeping you from getting kicked out of stores, or it might be keeping you from getting yelled at by your neighbors. Like I said, there are certainly people out there who are yelling at people who are wearing 
masks and for some uh, mask wearers that might be enough to make them want to not wear a mask. Social shaming could certainly be enough to punish the behavior, but I think by and large in America, we are pretty big believers in, uh, in individual freedom and liberty to do, say, wear what we want. And I don't know, at least, at least for me living in New York City, I feel like if I want to walk around town with a beach ball over my head, <laughs> um, I don't expect to pay much attention to anyone who tells me uh, I shouldn't do that or that it's a bad idea because um, we should be able to wear what we want. And, you know, we've all become so habituated to wearing masks. Although uh, an interesting, like I was saying, an interesting factor of behaviors that are negatively reinforced is that they do tend to get weaker and weaker, these behaviors, which makes me think there probably will be some kind of dying off of mask wearers that's just going, mask wearing that's just going to happen over time as fewer and fewer people are getting sick. Although for the reasons that we went over before, probably some people will continue wearing masks because um, the fact that like they're not getting allergies and, and you know, there are consequences that are rather immediate like that uh, in play will probably encourage that behavior for those people for some time to come. The other thing I've been thinking about is the vaccine rollout, uh, especially as it relates to our ideas about um, freedom and liberty and consequences and the consequences that our government uh, inflicts or chooses not to inflict. What's interesting to me is that there have been all of these different um, government subsidies. So many of us have gotten money from the government in the last year for one reason or another. And uh, while there are certainly lots of good things you could say about our government supporting people in these unprecedented times, but I also think uh, it's kind of interesting that in most cases the money's being given out without any kind of um, requirement for a specific behavior. For instance, <laughs> the money could be attached to the vaccine. The government seems to want everyone to get vaccinated, but in very, very few places in this country has there been any kind of lottery system put in place or have people been offered you know, actual cash for getting that, the vaccine. There's the desired behavior and there's the money, but the two haven't really been linked. And I think people would be offended at that idea. We, we seem to feel that people should get the vaccine, that it's just the right thing to do. But I think paying people to do it would offend people's idea of um, personal freedom. It would be considered manipulative 
And on the one hand, I get that. On the other hand, you know, we, we let the government dole out consequences when the consequences are punishment, right? Like, we don't just expect people to drive the speed limit or not kill people. We go out and give fines and put people in jail when they engaged in in these behaviors that we we um, don't want people to do. Uh, so I guess it's just interesting to me that we um, are okay with the government controlling our behavior using punishment, but uh, I think there is a societal uh, uh, resistance to being controlled in any way using um, reinforcement, and, or at least positive reinforcement. It's kind of like free feeding a dog. You know, there are plenty of trainers who will say, you know, I'm, I'm just going to put the bowl of food down for the dog and um, their meal is not going to be at all, all involved during training. The dog should be doing training because it enjoys doing training and it wants to please me and food should be totally separate from that. Whereas a reward-based trainer, I think, you know, your dog is learning all the time. Your dog is learning when your dog is eating. So why not make use of that bowl of food rather than thinking of um, what you're paying your dog at mealtime, let's say, and what you're doing when you're trying to teach your dog new behaviors as completely unrelated things. I mean, with the government money that so many of us have gotten, it's hard to think of that in terms of a reward or any kind of thing that is reinforcing a behavior because for, for many of us, that money was you know, really a bailout, made, made necessary things possible that hadn't been possible before. But behavior is happening all the time, and money is certainly a huge, a hugely positive reinfor- positively reinforcing thing for everyone I know. So it's sort of interesting to think about what behaviors have, perhaps inadvertently, been reinforced by these, um, these, uh, cash infusions um, so many individuals and businesses have gotten and what kind of behaviors could or could have been encouraged if those same dollars were given with a slightly different timing with an eye on encouraging certain behaviors like for example encouraging people to get vaccinated. Anyway, this is not a, a podcast episode with answers. Just just uh, some observations and questions that I'm pretty sure would never have popped into my mind before I started training dogs and before I started to see how um, we are kind of a government to our dogs 
and um, working with dogs sometimes to me feels like uh, working in a dollhouse version of, of human society. Our world is so much more complicated. We have a lot more choices to make, a lot more inputs, many more antecedents, more possible consequences. Language certainly um, makes things uh, far more complex uh, as far as the way we communicate, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's not <laughs> a one-to-one -one relationship uh, dog training and human behavior, but it all does fall under the heading of animal behavior and the laws of learning and the science of behavior are not species specific. So um, I, I don't plan to start a career in public policy <laughs> anytime soon, but I appreciate how dog training has given me a more, a more critical eye for looking at human behavior and also thinking about freedom and what that what that really means. I think freedom is what happens when we do things because we want to do them because we are being positively reinforced and yet so much behavior uh, in the world we live in is affected by negative reinforcement and uh, and punishment. Anyway, uh, perhaps a good moment to mention that we are still requiring masks uh, at School for the Dogs. If you come and shop in our store on East 7th Street in Manhattan or if you are there to attend classes, we are letting more people in at a time now. Uh, two people can now attend class with a dog where we had capped it at one for a long time and we are um, allowing more students into classes now but we have decided to continue asking people to wear masks for the moment because of you know negative reinforcement <laughs> school school for the dogs Thank you so much for listening, and special thanks to Bill and Lizzie of Toast Garden for the amazing theme song. You can find Toast Garden at youtube.com slash toastgarden. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping at storeforthedogs.com, and you can learn more about us at schoolforthedogs.com. You can also connect with other listeners by downloading our brand new app, just visit schoolforthedogs.com. Dot com slash community.